0: you are listening to the pursuit church essay podcast we are a group of imperfect real people on a mission to pursue god and love people from whoever you are listening we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message all right
1: well we are in a series oh boy you've heard that before haven't you so today we're actually in a series that we started two weeks ago. This is week three of the series. And the title of the series is Broken to be a Blessing. In week one, we read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, about how God was bringing back and restoring his people and how he had not forgotten about them, how he still had a plan, how he was still uh, had good things for them. And then last week we learned about how our brokenness actually provides an opportunity to draw closer to God. We, we, we talked about that. We talked about that, the beginning of that restoration process and what that was going to start looking like. And so today we want to continue talking about that restoration process and the purpose behind it.
0: So um, if any of you know anything about the Holy Land, or you've seen maps in the Bible, there are two prominent seas in the Holy Land, and one is the Sea of Galilee, and the other one is the Dead Sea. Now, the Sea of Galilee, you kind of know a little bit more about, because that's where all the, a lot of the mighty miracles took place. You know the story of um, the disciples fishing, and they caught no fish on, and then Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side of the boat, and then they had a big haul, right? Y'all know that story. Um, Another one of the miracles that occurred on the Sea of Galilee was when Jesus walked um, on the water. The disciples thought he was a ghost, right? And then also Peter walked on the water. So that's the Sea of Galilee. And the Galilee Sea or the Sea of Galilee is a sea that's full of life. That's where they did their fishing. That's where, you know, people did a lot of things. Well, the Dead Sea is the other sea that um, we know in the Holy Land. It's not really mentioned in Scripture as the Dead Sea. It is mentioned in Scripture, though it's in Genesis, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Ezekiel, and a few other books of the Bible. But it's referred to as the Sea of Salt or the Salt Sea. It's also referred to as the Sea of Arabah. Arabah is a Hebrew word that means barren or wasteland. So the Dead Sea is really interesting. It sits on a rift or a crack in the Earth's surface that's very deep. As a matter of fact, it's part, one of the deepest places on earth, and because of that, the Sea of Galilee is considered the lowest place on earth, okay? But it's also so full of salt that it cannot sustain life. Hence, it's called the Dead Sea, right? Nothing lives in it. However, there's something very interesting about these two bodies of water. Both of them receive water from the same river, the River Jordan, okay? Okay? They're both fed water from the same place, but only one of them gives life.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's good.
0: Think about it. The Dead Sea is too salty, though, because its base is a very highly salinated or very salty piece of land in the world, right? So um, even though the River Jordan flows into the Sea of Galilee and the, the Dead Sea... The Sea of Galilee is the one that gives life because the water, the Sea of Galilee has an outflow. The Dead Sea has no outflow. The water comes in and there's nowhere for it to go. The water stops there, becomes full of salt. So it takes on the character of the ground beneath it and it gives no life. So when the Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee has little tributaries all around it so that the water can flow through it and out into these tributaries and spread the life around it, okay? So I need to take some water. I'm really thirsty this morning. Man, Come on. I'm glad we allow drinking in here. Yes, Only true. water, though. Only let me, let me <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> So anyway, the Sea of Galilee has these tributaries, and, they, um, and so when the Jordan River is at its highest flood stage and it rushes through, it has the capacity to allow the water to come through it because it has these little tributaries, and it lets the water flow out around it. So these two great bodies of water are receiving water from the same source, but only one has an outlet that allows the water to th- flow through it, and the other one has no outlet, so it's dead. We want to live like the Sea of Galilee.
1: Yes, absolutely. In other words, we're blessed so that we can be a blessing, right? So if we're blessed, our spiritual growth is meant to not only be a blessing to us, but it's meant to help others in their growth as well. Let's stand for a minute for the reading of the word. Uh, We do believe in honoring God and his word here. And so we're going to kind of go to our base scripture that we're going to be jumping off of today. And it's found in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 4. We'll be uh, reading verses 9 and 10. So this is what it says. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted his request. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to be talking about Jabez a little bit today in his story and how that relates to what we uh, want to, to talk about. Because today, what we're going to be talking about is enlarging our capacity. Enlarging our capacity. And you saw that in Jabez's prayer. We're going to talk about that today. How do we enlarge our capacity? What does that look like? Now notice that Jabez had a rough start in life, right? His name, as we saw, means born in pain. What kind of curse is that? <laughs> I mean, wow. He was going to be he could have been reminded his entire life about how his name actually from birth meant you cause pain. You cause pain. What a what a what a hard way to to go through life. Surely he must have Uh, Had some rejection or shame, or could have had rejection and shame based on his name. Yeah, I know I would. And yet, if you notice, scripture tells us that Jabez was the most honorable of all his brothers. The Hebrew meaning of the word honorable in this context means weighty or an attribute. Most biblical scholars agree that the meaning refers to Jabez's character, which made him honorable. Now, we do know that Jabez obviously was a praying man. He knew where to turn for his help, his guidance, and his provisions. And he knew that God, the one true God, was his helper. He called upon the God of Israel. He did not turn to any other things other than God. Reminds us of somebody that we talked about a couple weeks ago, King David, right? King David uh, Described as a man after God's own heart did this very same thing that Jabez did in Psalm 121, verse 2, whereas King David calls out to the name, to the God of Israel and states boldly, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Jabez, likewise, acknowledged that the God of Israel is his source, is his source, humbly submitting his heart cry to God. Jabez was called honorable. He also exhibited humility. Honor and humility go together. Let me say that again. Honor and humility go together. And we see that in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 10, when it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. What a turnaround from being labeled as a pain (laughs) his entire life. And even though his name remained the same, He chose not to identify with that. He chose not to do that. He chose not to let that name limit his life.
0: We know that because he boldly, Jabez boldly asked God to bless him, and God did. God saw him living a life of honor despite the names that he had been called his entire life. Okay? So when someone has been broken or rejected or hurt, you can tell because they tend to identify with that pain or that broken area, right? You see it a lot um, because people have not allowed that they have not given that to God to increase or to enlarge their capacity. And you see it because they don't live up to their potential. You may see someone with so much potential, and we know it, right? I mean, I've done it. So much potential, but they just can't seem to live up to it. And it's because there's that broken and and painful area. They're just not willing to release. They tend to live from it. The brokenness comes out in how they view the world. Um, They view it as the glass half empty, that kind of view. Um, They focus on their pain, and it blocks the blessing. And when I say they, I'm saying me too. When I focus on on my pain or my broken areas, it blocks the blessing. I can't view it. I can't see the blessing because I'm too focused on pain or the brokenness. You tend to have a negative spin on life, and you just can't seem to be satisfied. That's living out of a broken area or a painful area without giving that to God. And when we live in brokenness, it's too easy to accept the status quo. And it's because you don't think you're worth more. And I know this firsthand. I lived many years as a battered wife. So it took me a long time, long time to get past that pain, to realize that I am worthy of more because God says so. But I had to give that pain and that brokenness to him in order to be healed from that. God always has more for us and better but we have to release the brokenness and pain to him and not let it trick us into not trusting people and not trusting God. Yeah, that's right.
1: You know, God wants us to release our brokenness and receive his healing because he does have more for us. The trouble is, if we're holding on to the pain, yeah. that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for God's power, his healing, right? right? That junk inside of us is is. In a, is taking a place where God actually wants to remove it and fill us with something new, his healing, his love. Right. And so when we give God our brokenness, he will replace it better every time. That, that's a guarantee. You can take that to the bank. When we release our pain, when we let God get that out of us, he will replace it with something better guaranteed. You, you, you can go to his word for that. Now, Jabez then asked God to enlarge his borders. Now, that doesn't mean that Jabez was asking for a bigger house or more land or any of those kind of things, okay? This was a spiritual thing, okay? What he was asking God for is, God, increase my capacity. Increase my capacity. What a humble prayer. What a beautiful, humble prayer to ask God to clear out the junk so that he could be filled with true humility and obedience, That's, that's what God can use in order to increase our capacity and to be able to receive more in all that God's called us to do. One thing that we need can do is to steward well, what God has already given us, right? Steward well, what God has already given us. In other words, before the more there's the now we say that again, before the more there's the now. There's a story about talents that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 25, and specifically in verse 23, it says this, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge now of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. You know, when we do the best with what we already have, that pleases God. That pleases God. So what does stewarding well what we already have, what might that look like?
0: Okay, so I'll give you an example. If you already have a job and you want a promotion or you want a better job, then we need to do our best in the job we have now. Work in excellence. Do everything to the best of our ability. Go above and beyond what people expect of us. Um, Don't live up to their expectations. Exceed their expectations. That's stewarding well that job that we already have. If we're serving somewhere, it means be on time. Um, keep our commitments. Approach our responsibilities with a thankful heart and enthusiasm, even when it's hard. And that goes over into every part of our lives with our kids. You know, sometimes children, um, they're a blessing from the Lord. But on some <laughs> yes, days, they are. it doesn't necessarily feel like that. Um, but we need to approach that with a thankful and grateful heart and the enthusiasm because they're going to glean from us what's in our hearts. And so the other thing is that we maintain a teachable spirit. We don't go into something thinking, I got this, I know it all, I can do this. And then when we make a mistake, kind of hide it and cover it up. No, no, no. We maintain a teachable spirit so that we can learn from our mistakes. There's there's a plan behind that. Whatever we're walking through that we might have messed up, there's a plan. And the plan is that we maintain a teachable spirit and glean wisdom from our mistakes. In other words, learn from our mistakes so that we have something tangible to sow into someone else when they may be walking through a similar situation in life. Um, Luke twelve forty two through forty four says, and the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. That's a lot of words. And basically what it means is we need to steward well what God has already given us. That's good. That's good. And when we do that, God gives us more. He increases our capacity because we have shown ourselves trustworthy. He gave us a little. We did well with it. And we've shown ourselves trustworthy to God. So God answered Jabez's prayer because he was asking for the right thing and with the right heart. Jabez didn't just ask for more out of selfishness or selfish ambition. He wanted God to guide him, to lead him, and to keep him from pain. Now, that's an interesting part of the scripture when you read it. But he wasn't just talking about God keeping him from his own pain. He was asking God to keep him from hurting others in the process. That's
1: good. That's good.
0: God wants to enlarge our capacity so that we have enough to give the right person at the right time. Yeah,
1: that's really good.
0: Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for everything. We need enough spiritual growth in our lives so that we're able to discern through the Holy Spirit speaking to us when it's the right person or who is the right person and when it's the right time to sow into them. Now I've heard it said and I really believe this that anyone who's been saved by Jesus Christ and bought by the blood of the Lamb is, has something to share with everyone. You don't have to be, you know, with a theology degree. I don't even have one of those. He did not have one. Anyway, you don't have to be there. You, anybody has anything to share. If you've been saved by Jesus Christ, your story is something to bring to the table. And so I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is we want to be able to have experience and wisdom that comes through allowing God to heal our broken areas and our painful areas so that we can sow that into others. We want to be able to enlarge our capacity in that area. And when we do that, um, and we share that we, we have, we're able to share it with them in a way that they can receive it. When we have God's wisdom working through us, we can discern how they can receive it. And that comes, again, with allowing God to heal us and grow us in our spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people will be hurt through the growing process. We have probably been hurt through the growing process, right? And no matter intention- how intentional we are to be careful how we say and who we talk to things, to how we say things to people and what we say to them, We are always going to need to be um, led by the Spirit. And even when we are, we will not always have the perfect thing to say to people. It's not always going to come out perfect. They may not be able to receive it or they may not be willing to receive it. But part of our commission from Jesus Christ himself is to make disciples of others. And we cannot do that unless we've been discipled ourselves.
1: Oh, wait, you better say that again.
0: jesus christ left us with a charge and that was to make disciples of others so we can't do that unless we've been discipled ourselves that's good so second corinthians 1 3 through 5 these are some of my favorite verses in the bible they really speak to me because it basically says that blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of all mercies and god of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction So that we may be able to comfort those with any affliction with the very same comfort that we've already received.
1: That is so good. And you see, Jabez understood that. Jabez understood that. He specifically asked God to bless him so that he would be kept from harm and from causing harm. Jabez understood that in order to reach others, he needed God to expand his capacity. That's really what his prayer to God was, and to bless him. And Jabez was asking God to bless him spiritually, to grow him spiritually, to give him wisdom, discernment, all the same gifts that we want from God, right? He was asking because he didn't want to have to live life his own way. He was seeking to learn to live life God's way, right? That's what he was really asking. He also asked God to protect. You know, he basically asked him to keep him from messing up his own life, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I need God to protect me from my stupidity sometimes. Absolutely. Okay, come too. on. Anybody else out here? You know, amen. We, we need God to help protect us from ourselves, right? Many, many times. And Jabez was submitting his own will to the will of God. That's really at the heart of what his prayer was. And that's why God, quite frankly, had no problem answering his prayer, because he was answering, uh, asking from the right place in, in a right heart. That was enlarging his capacity to not only have his own life blessed, but to bless the lives of others. Jabez understood that he could have all the blessings that God had for him, but without God's hand on it, he could blow it up in a heartbeat, right? He, he understood, yeah, I want all these things from God, but if I don't have the capacity to do what God is asking me to do, I'm going to screw it up, right? That's really what he's praying. That's really what he's praying. Think about it. Over the last, I did a little research not too long ago. Over the last 40 years, there have literally been thousands of people that have won a lottery of some kind, whether it's the mega, whether it's the, you know, a million dollar, 500 million dollar. Do you realize that 70% of people that win the lottery go broke? 70% of the people that win the lottery go broke, many of them end up filing for bankruptcy. Wow. Why does that happen? Based on the research, there's a lot of different you know, individual stories, but one common thread is that they lacked an ability to receive. They didn't have the capacity when that, when that windfall came their way. They didn't know how to handle it, okay? Wow, we're a lot the same way. Um,
0: they wanted what they cannot handle, basically. You want, but you can't handle it, right? Think about it, an example of that is like, you know, say somebody gets a brand new house, right? They, they have it built, say they are blessed enough that they can have a house built from scratch and it's beautiful, it's new, they go, you go in and you see it and they're all proud of it and six months later, you go to visit them and it's a hot mess. The yard's all overgrown, you know, the house is messy, there's stuff everywhere. That's what it looks like when you don't have the capacity to receive. You mess it up sometimes, most of the time. And God knows what we can and cannot handle. We cannot let our brokenness or our pain or our past failures keep us from trusting him. He knows what we can and can't handle. He is good. He is faithful. He will not allow any kind of temptation to do something we don't really need to be doing to overcome us. However, the key to that is that we have to submit to his will. That's good. We want to get to the point in our walk with Jesus that we trust him completely. And that's a walk. I say walk because it's a journey. But when we realize that God wants us to submit to him and his will and his way of doing things, we have reached a point of growth in our spiritual walk. That's a point where we are enlarging our capacity. That's good. That is pleasing to God. However, there are some things that we need to see coming as we're on this spiritual journey, right? These things are residuals from brokenness and pain and failures that keep us in bondage. They're lies, They keep us from submitting our whole heart to God. When you're in bondage, you really can't move. So you can't let go of anything. You can't submit to God because you're being held in bondage. Y'all, that is the enemy's plan. He comes to keep us in bondage to the things that have broken us or that have caused us pain. Guilt, shame, rejection, failure. All of those things are part of the enemy's plans to destroy our lives. He doesn't care necessarily if we sin. He, doesn't, he knows we're, we're falling. We're all going to sin one way or the other. He doesn't care about that. What he does care is that we don't grow spiritually. That's right. That's, That's good. his end game. That is what he wants because he knows that if we're growing spiritually, we are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Amen. are very dangerous. Hey, come
1: on, give that up. That's good.
0: <clears throat> the enemy of our soul wants us to be like the Dead Sea, salty and lifeless.
1: Oh, salty and lifeless. And and that ain't salty in the good way, by the way. That's salty in the bad way. That's never a
0: good way. Well, no, Jesus said we can be the
1: salt of the earth, and that's fine, but that ain't the kind of salt we're talking about here.
0: (laughs) So think about that. The enemy wants us to take on the characteristics of the ground we walk on, the world around us. We cannot listen to those lies, y'all. We cannot listen to the lies because there's something that we need from God, and that's to get healed. We need to yes. get healed. And you know the lies I'm talking about. Those little voices that say, hey, I've got this. I don't need any help from anybody. I know what I'm doing. Tomorrow. Or, Tomorrow. you know, I'm just really stressed out today. I'm so stressed out. These kids are just oh, too much. I'm so stressed. I need, I need a drink or I need a pill, just one pill to relax. That's a lie. That's Tomorrow. a lie Tomorrow. meant Tomorrow. to destroy you, meant to take you out, meant to keep you in bondage. Tomorrow. This is one of my personal favorites. She doesn't make me happy. God says I'm supposed to be happy. Or the flip side, he makes me so happy. This must be God. Really? <laughs> Nowhere in Scripture does it say that God is concerned with our happiness. Come on now. God is concerned with our holiness. Uh-oh,
1: you better preach that. Come on.
0: He cares about our holiness, and jumping from one relationship to the other is not going to bring you into holiness. It's not gonna allow God to heal that broken space. When That's you're done good. with that relationship or it's blown up or whatever's gone down, you need to take some time, step back and let God heal you through that process. That's so the good. pathway to wholeness. Yes. That's the goal. We have to stay on the potter's wheel. God is the potter. We talked about that last week. We have to stay on the potter's wheel and let him mold us and shape us, get the brokenness out, get the, the, the pain out heal our past mistakes, heal our failures, whatever it is that we need to release to him, we need to do that so that we can become useful to God's kingdom and do what Jesus called us to do. That is to make disciples of all men. If we keep listening to the lies of the enemy, we'll stay in bondage and that'll thwart our personal growth. But more importantly, it'll thwart our spiritual growth and God's plans for our lives. I'm not saying it'll destroy his plans for our life. God always has a a plan B, plan C, plan D, but I'm saying it will thwart it. And not only that, God always has people he brings into our lives at any time in in our lives, right? And we need to be able to get healed from some of those things so that we don't thwart the spiritual growth of whomever God is bringing into our life in that moment.
1: Amen. That's so good. And, you know, God's here to help us in all of this. It's so important to realize we're not walking this path alone. Uh, Just like Jabez went to the source, we need to as well. James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. You know, the part of that verse I've always loved over the years is without reproach. You know, sometimes when we go to ask somebody for advice or their opinion, um, Sometimes we get a little more than we bargain for, right? We, we get their opinion, but then we also kind of get their opinion, right? They're, they're not really listening to you really with the intent of helping sometimes. They're listening with the intent of, well, how can I tell them how wrong they are, how dumb they are, or how I would do this? And the beautiful thing about God is that He's for you, right? He, he only wants to um, have the best for you. So when we ask Him something we can count on his motives, right? We can count on his motives being pure, being for us. And, and, and that's a, such a beautiful thing about that. You know, when we push back the voice that lies to us and we operate from God's wisdom, then we are beginning to allow God to enlarge our capacity. When we can push back those voices and listen to the voice of God, that is the beginning of that. Then we're able to sow into others because now we have more to sow right? Now we have more to sow because we're letting God enlarge our capacity. You know, Jabez wanted God to mold him, to shape him and to lead him to places where he would be a greater blessing to others, not just himself. So let's ask and then allow God to do the same thing for us. We want to be able to bless others with what God has done and is doing in our life. That is part of our purpose here. Go back to the Sea of Galilee in this Dead Sea analogy that Karen shared with us. The Sea of Galilee brought life. It brought life. And well, why did it bring life? Because its borders were able to be expanded and spilled over into other places, right? We don't want to be the Dead Sea. We don't want to be, uh, you know, another concept that, you know, kind of came to my heart in this is the, the difference between a river and a reservoir. A river continually flows, right? Continu- and as it flows, as it grows, its banks widen and it gets deeper, right? What happens in a reservoir? Its purpose is really to collect water, right? And its shores only expand when floods come, basically, when you get a lot of rain. And then what happens when when the rain stops? Its borders shrink back up, right? Too many of us our living life like a reservoir. We're just seeing, what well, what can God keep pouring into me, pouring into me? Oh God, I need, I need, I need, I need. That's great. But man, I want to be a river. I want to have the blessings of God flow into me and flow out of my life into other people. Let's be a river. Let's be the Sea of Galilee. Let's let's not be the Dead Sea. Let's not be a reservoir. Okay, that's that's what God wants.
0: When the Dead Sea... Holds onto the water again it's a very highly salty piece of land that that water sits on so that water just takes on the characteristic of the land it's on we don't want to take on the characteristics of the world we're different we're set apart jesus christ sets us apart and when we've been hurt or broken And maybe living just a life set against God. Um, And you know what I mean by that? Doing things our own way, coming and going as we please. We have to allow the living water of Jesus Christ to flow through us so that we can be truly restored. That's our end goal is to be truly restored and free from the pain, free from the brokenness. We don't want to live in painful memories and regrets. Living in a world of regrets is a hard place to live, and we don't want to live on that ground the water has to flow. The water of Jesus Christ has to flow over our brokenness and over our pain and our failures and just wash them away. Just let it wash them away. And that's the process whereby we make more room for more. We enlarge our capacity. We receive the healing that we need so that we're able to sow into others. We have the capacity for more so we can share it.
1: Amen. And, you know, remember on this side of heaven, we're, we're going to face situations. We're going to face pain. But there is hope. I just want to come here to tell you today, there is hope for our pain. There is hope for our brokenness. And his name is Jesus. That's our hope. So let's give our pain and our brokenness and all the things that may be hindering us. Let's give those to God. He'll forgive us. That's repentance. And let's allow God to, uh, through the blood of Jesus, just wash over us. That's salvation and surrender all to him. That is spiritual growth. If everyone would just close your eyes for me, I'd like to pray for us. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Father God, we come before you at the close of our time together. And Father, we recognize that at the heart of allowing you to grow our capacity is our willingness to surrender to you. That's where it all begins, Father. And today I'm wondering if there's somebody here that maybe has never surrendered their life to Jesus. That's the starting point. That's the starting point. And we're we're all going to pray with you here in just a minute, but if there's anyone here today that would like to begin that process, today's a great day to do it start by surrendering your life to Jesus. If there's anybody, I'm just going to count to three, and on the count of three if you just raise your hand if today's the day you want to begin that journey of letting God increase your capacity by first surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. One, Lord, we love you. Two, Lord, let us surrender our lives to you. Three, just anybody put your hand up that wants to make that decision today beautiful beautiful thank you thank you and now i'd just like to pray for uh, those that have raised their hand and let's all pray this together lord jesus we surrender our life to you again and again many of us that have prayed that prayer before we prayed again today and we join with anybody who's doing that for the first time today let our life be submitted to you into all that you want to do and now i'd like to pray for all of us this prayer heavenly father help us surrender those parts of our life that need to be surrendered our brokenness our pain our hurts and father we submit those to you. We surrender those to you so that you can take them and pour your living water into us. And, Father, in doing that, you bring life to us so that we can then bring life to others. Father, we love you. We thank you. We, we pray, Father, that you expand our capacity not just for our good, not just for our own blessing, although we appreciate that. We, we love that. We thank you for that. But, Father, expand our capacity so that we can do our part in expanding your kingdom here on earth in every way that we can, Father, that we might be a tributary for your grace, for your mercy, that we might flow and that our lives might flow into the lives of others as we allow ourselves to be discipled by you, and then as we then go and fulfill the great commandment that your Son gave us all to go and make disciples of all the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at pursuitchurchsacom give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.